1: Hello and welcome to The Nasty Woman Club, the sex edition. This week on the show, we'll be looking at BDSM. You've probably heard people talk about BDSM at some point in your life. Maybe you read or saw Fifty Shades of Grey. Maybe you've heard Rihanna's song, S&M. Or maybe you got a message from a random on Tinder saying they're really into BDSM and referred to themselves as Mr. Grey. True story. But so often, what we see in the media is often misleading when it comes to BDSM. That is why on today's episode, I'll be talking with three women that practice BDSM and some actually work in the world of BDSM. Before I introduce to you all my first guest on the show, I think it's best to clarify with you all what exactly does the term BDSM actually mean. As discussed in the previous episode of this podcast, BDSM is a form of kink. The name can be broken down into three subcategories. Bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, and sadism and masochism. BDSM activities can come in all forms and sometimes doesn't actually even involve sex. A way many people explore BDSM is through BDSM events. Our guest, Sev, actually started her own BDSM event as she felt there wasn't many catered to diverse audiences in her area. This is Seth.
0: This is something that came about whilst I was still working for the youth service. I had to, this is when I started creating my many aliases, because obviously my work was very, very important to me. And I was very drawn to the adult industry, but those are lines that do not get crossed because the integrity of the work that I did with young people had to, had to remain sacrosanct, right? But outside of my time as a youth worker, privately in my personal life, I was engaging in a lot of BDSM and fetish, both personally with my partner, and also publicly, I was going to a lot of events. In that time, I started realizing how huge a gap in the the market there was for events that tailored to the broader community, that weren't particularly hetero or cis-centric. We needed events that targeted the broader community When, with regards to age, that weren't just about, you know, club nights with a fetish theme for young people or fetish gatherings for older people where young people don't feel so welcome. Like, I really wanted to start making space where people just felt safe and welcome, and it was more about community than it was about scene. Um, and so my partner at the time and I we decided we were going to start running some events. And it really started from there. Putting on fetish events in our local community drew a lot of people out of the woodwork who really wanted to be involved, but just uh, felt the existing scene was a bit too clicky, or there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a place that was safe for them before that. Uh, in doing that, I met some incredible people who were professionals both in BDSM and in sex work. I was already a very talking-focused, entertainment-focused, leather-corset-wearing, ball-kicking kind of badass. And uh, a local pro-dom reached out to me, started a friendship, and offered to mentor me. And it was really through her, through Lady Raven, and her mentorship that I kind of learned... Well, firstly, I learned how much I had left to learn. I really thought I was quite kick-ass back then, 18 years old and shiny latex and it turns out I need basically nothing. Um, still do and I'm very glad about that because it means that I'm always passionate about still learning more but through her I, uh, I found real focus in wanting to treat it like an art form to treat BDSM and fetish and sex as art as skills that I could hone and perfect and Make beautiful, make challenging, make delicious. Um, And as somebody who's always been an artist, a multidisciplined artist, it, it didn't take long before. I was like, okay, well, I should probably, if I'm going to be so dedicated to this, I'm going to invest so much emotionally and mentally and time into this it would be quite nice to get paid for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what is the biggest misconception then about BDSM that you often hear?
0: Look, the biggest misconception is that there is a right way. In my mind, the only rules are informed consent and taking care of yourself and others, risk awareness and treating everybody with empathy and love and respect, regardless of the role play or the power exchange scenario. That's the absolute baseline. And across the world and through different kink communities and different clubs, you're always exposed to people who think that their way is the right way, or this is the way to do it, and that they can put their finger on what old school looks like or what new school looks like. Of course, the biggest joke is I've had the absolute privilege to be deeply involved in the scenes both here in Australia and in England, but also in Holland, in California, and other places that I've traveled And you ask people in any of those areas what old school means, and they'll all tell you something slightly different. (laughs) There is definitely, there's there's a misconception of pedigree, and there's a misconception of how serious you have to be in order to be a real dominant. Some of the greatest experiences of my life have been the ones where it's full of laughter and messiness and fun and with my submissive having the freedom to laugh at me and us laugh together. For me, I can't imagine anything more boring than forcing myself to fit the role of the regimented drill mistress telling everyone what a useless worm they are. Like, I ugh, yawn. It's just not my thing. But I would happily spend a day putting tarps all over my living room just so I could throw cakes at someone and laugh my ass off about it. That's perfect.
1: So from what you've said BDSM isn't just one form of thing like it isn't just leather or isn't just about ropes or whips like what's I don't know if you're allowed to say or not but what are some like interesting BDSM experiences that people won't think is actually something that people want that they see as a fetish?
0: Yeah, that's a great one because absolutely the the stock image is very much of the you know the leather gloved hand with the riding crop and yeah, that's super valid. And trust me, I have plenty of riding crops and leather gloves of my own. But fetish and BDSM is so vast and diverse. And it's, it's as diverse as people's own taste. You know, three people with a leather fetish will probably select a different thing about leather that's their favorite. For me, I do love the look of it. The look of it's beautiful. I love the smell of it, right, because that's that's my kind of pleasure trigger. I really love those sensory experiences. And you could have me completely blindfolded. The smell of leather would be a thing I would fetishize. But, again, we all take it very differently. Some leather submissives are all about the service role when it comes to how well they polish those boots, how much care and attention they take over their equipment or their master's equipment. Some ones, for me, or the ones that are out there maybe challenge people's perceptions, one of my favorites is tickling torture. I've known some masochists who can take hours worth of floggings and beatings and whips, but will beg for mercy the second you start tickling their feet. You could make someone cry with laughter through tickling and keep tickling them until they think they're actually gonna explode. That is such a popular kink and that's one of my real favorites because it always comes across so joyful and fun and silly and there's nothing intimidating about it and yet you are completely at somebody's mercy if they're tickling you. It's this really beautiful power exchange. I love to tell the story about the event I did in London many, many years ago that had like a carnival theme and, you know, carnival masquerade. It was very delightful. There was lots of really incredible outfits, and beautiful scenes that night, but the most memorable one for me was that I got to do a scene where I spanked a woman in full clown makeup, dressed as a clown. I spanked her with a rubber chicken. And while she made honking and laughing noises, and the absurdity of it, the, the tearing away from anything vaguely normal, made it so beautiful. And it, it, it was fucking ridiculous. But I love that memory. There's, that could never disappear into a haze of like which night was that which partner was that you know like these really iconic moments for me they play into a sort of fetishistic aestheticism where i love these tableaus that will stay with me forever i love creating these scenes that are one of a kind
1: so what exactly does it look like to be at one of those bdsm events Torture Gardens is a monthly fetish event held in London. Our other guest, Lauren, has been there several times and has even worked there on the occasion. not only does bdsm bring communities together fulfill fetishes and kinks and create fun beautiful moments it can also help those dealing with trauma for this woman who chooses to remain anonymous bdsm has helped her deal with PTSD. the most
0: empowering thing for me at that
1: point in my healing was that i had the opportunity to say no that i had the power and um, the option to just to, without there being any sort of like backlash or any kind of negative response so the partner that I was with at the time took me through like an exercise where he was ask me if he could do something and I had to answer no even if I wanted to do it it was to get me to just being comfortable to say no and it just kind of like makes it second nature to just say what you want so whether it's a yes or a no just being comfortable to say yeah but I'm comfortable with that or no that's not something that I said I'd like to experience like no like reservations when it comes to whether or not i want to do something but you know a year ago when i sort of started i actually didn't realize that saying no could be received the same way as a yes that's it for today for this week's episode of the nasty woman club the sex edition thank you so much for my contributors for helping out with this week's episode about bdsm if you enjoyed the nasty woman club podcast make sure you leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want more stories on intersectional feminism and woman empowerment, make sure you head on over to the Nasty Woman Club Facebook page, Instagram page, and website, thenastywomanclub.com. I am your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you all next week for another episode of The Nasty Woman Club, the sex edition.